0: Welcome back to Missing Maura Murray. I'm Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you? I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm doing great. This is part two of our interview with the Prosecutors Podcast. It's going really well. I hope you're enjoying it so far. Join us on Thursday night live at 9 p.m. on getvocal.com. There is a link in the show notes. We are talking live about Maura Murray with Brett and Alice of the Prosecutors Podcast and whoever else wants to join. So visit there. There is a link in the show notes.
2: So if you listen to this episode and you have some questions or maybe we misspoke about some detail, you can go on to Get Vocal, join the group, get into the message room, get into that chat box there, and you can ask the questions. And we pretty much monitor that uh, all the time while we're doing the interview. And if we... see a question there that we know Brett and Alice have an answer to, or if we don't know we will ask them. So when you're there interacting, just know that your questions will be acknowledged, and as long as they're respectful, we will ask them.
0: So it was Mora at the scene but it doesn't take away the fact that there is still so much mystery regarding what the heck happened in massachusetts
3: no you're right you're right and that's always been the thing that interested me the most just because i've always believed that yes it is mara that she left of her own volition that she got into that car wreck and that she then fled the scene either on foot or she waved down a car and 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 not a tandem driver, um, just a random car and got in and went away. And I think to understand why she did that, you have to know what it was that happened that weekend that would lead her to basically just sort of abandon everything and head to New Hampshire.
1: It, there's nothing wrong with Mora being in the car with a guy, so why would she tell him to get out of there? It's not like... There's any allegation she was cheating with that guy. I mean, you can have a boyfriend and be in the car with another guy, and so absent an explanation of why she would have any sort of a reason to make this person disappear in that five-minute time frame, you know, I think I need that to understand um, why you do something so extreme.
0: Wasn't part of the plan. Also,
2: <laughs> like, what kind of guy? Even even if he was somebody that she was having an affair with, what kind of guy would be like? Sure, I'm gonna take off. I'm gonna leave you here. It's completely dark Good
1: luck, Chick. <laughs>
0: Good luck. Yeah. With your broken down car. I mean, are are you asking literally though? Because the the answer really is someone who's not supposed to be there, you know, or is or is supposed to be somewhere else. Right.
3: But I guess I don't even know what that means, right? Like he's not supposed to be there. To who? Like is does Butch Atwood care? I mean, does he care who more Murray's driving down the road with,
0: you know? No, um he wouldn't know the difference. <sighs> yeah. But, but potentially an eyewitness report later could uh, could damage whatever plan was in place that didn't work f- fluidly. Here's the only
3: way I can imagine it. And this kind of crime has happened, right? Somebody is in that car with her and that person has abducted her or they're holding her for some reason. They get into this wreck and that person has a gun on her. And, and here comes Butch Atwood and he says, I'm gonna go into the woods You act cool. If you say anything, I'm going to shoot you, right? And so he's like hiding in the woods somewhere, waiting for Butch Atwood to leave, and then when Butch Atwood leaves, he comes back out and whatever. The problem is, once again, we can speculate about that, but other than Faith Westman saying there was someone smoking a cigarette... We have no other reason to think that's what happened, and I guess that's sort of my problem when we go down some of these rabbit holes. We can sort of imagine what might have happened, but actually tying it to any concrete thing we have is pretty difficult.
2: I mean, we could talk about uh, which tree the car hit for another 45 minutes if you want. (laughs) We went down that rabbit hole for so long, and then it was like, why? The car is there. Like, it... it, it didn't hit this tree or that tree. It didn't hit this tree or that snowbank. It didn't what? Like it was there, right? Can we agree? It was there. It hit something. It's not moving anymore.
3: If you talk to the
0: right person,
3: it hit a car, not a tree or a snowbank or any bushes. Exactly.
0: There's always been that idea that the accident was staged. Um, you know, this call that was overheard on local scanners beforehand um, before the actual accident with the Saturn that we know of, um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of mystery regarding that too.
3: See, these are all things we couldn't really go into in four episodes. We need we need at least a hundred to get through all these things. <laughs> you
1: need at
0: least a hundred and twelve.
1: We'll leave it to you guys.
0: <laughs> well, we need your help too because we don't have your background.
3: When we don't know everything about the case like you guys do, so it actually works out pretty well. Uh, kind of, and I think that's that's the great thing about all this, right? It's a great thing about podcasting. It's a great thing about Reddit and Twitter and you know, web sleuths, all that, just bringing all these people together with all this different expertise. I mean, we had a guy, for instance, who ordered a Saturn emblem and had it delivered to his house and then, like, just took a hammer to it, ended up shattering the thing into all sorts of pieces and did establish, by the way, that the, the silver metallic part, that once you break that, underneath it is white. So for everybody who was saying there's no white, undercoding you were wrong um <laughs> but that's the kind of thing like that's crazy that somebody went to all that trouble but that's the kind of resources you have in this community yeah
0: crazy in a good way this is great
2: i mean even me making that sort of offhanded joke about the trees we learn we learn about new things about this case all the time i made that offhanded joke and then you all started saying like, "Well, she could have hit another car. She could have done this." So it does matter. Like even the trees do matter. And I just learned like, okay, yeah, okay, I guess even the trees matter. And we had Patrick Hines on the show a few weeks ago, and and I I had never really put a lot of stock into Mora taking out pretty much all of the money that was in her bank account.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, you get stuck in the cycle of like, well, that's just that's what she did. That's just what it happened. Yeah. It's
2: just what happened. And, you know, but when you talk to outsiders and they think about something that you hadn't thought about because they're just approaching it with clear eyes, it's it it is like kind of mind blowing that being a part of it for so long, we never I never thought about these things like the money, for example, she takes out just enough money until like her just to keep her bank account open. So she basically drains her bank account and then she buys alcohol. We're assuming she bought alcohol with that cash. So she buys alcohol and she's going on a, on a car trip. So she needs to put fuel in the car. So that leads us to believe that her destination did not require her to pay for an overnight stay unless she was staying at, at a, at a, uh, like the, the roadway in or something that was this motel that was $50 a night or something. But by the time she got to that spot of her accident, she probably only had like 150 hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty $160 left. So where was she going up in the middle of the White Mountains in ski country to stay? I mean, I don't think you could get a room for 150 bucks back then.
1: Yeah, I mean, and she told her supervisor or her, her professors that she was going to be gone for a whole week. I don't know what kind of a room you can get for a whole week on $100. bucks. Um, I, I mean, that really goes back to why... I Why I think it's important why she left. I think she was just getting out of there. She made all those calls. She didn't really rent a place. She didn't have money that we know of, other than, you know, maybe a hundred bucks and a lot of alcohol. What was she going to do? You can't sleep in your car. It's much too cold up there to sleep in your car.
3: And just to jump on that, that we know of that Alice just threw out there, one thing we talked about and something I think we all have to think about, she knew how much money was in her bank account. I mean, when I was in college, I knew exactly how much money was in there because there wasn't a whole lot. And I had to use it to get through, right? So when she was calling places, when she's calling Go Stow, and she's calling people who have condos and all these other things, she's not new to the area. She spent a lot of time in New Hampshire. She's going to have some idea of how much that stuff costs. So that makes me think there must have been some other source of money we don't necessarily know about because you're absolutely right. And Patrick's absolutely right. She couldn't have gotten very far. On the money that was in her bank account. And that just makes me wonder if maybe somebody gave her some money before she left
2: or wherever she was going. She didn't have to worry about money. And she was told, yeah, no,
0: just stop by, you know,
2: just kick in, kick in a a few bucks and bring some alcohol.
0: I mean, it's a lot of alcohol, you know, I mean, we, we, uh, obviously that's something that we don't really hit on a lot. Like that's for one person, like, yeah, yeah, you're not gone for, you can't be gone for a week with that amount of money and you, you could drink that al- amount of alcohol in that amount of time, but how, where are you where? Yeah. So I'm, I'm confused. It does seem like Mora definitely had a plan. We, we don't know anyone else who shared that plan, but it does seem like someone else must have known about that plan.
2: Well, then, that is uh, one one category of uh, questions, and then the other category is: Did that plan have anything to do with? I mean, that's the that's the question about this case. I think that really draws people in and makes them so passionate. Is the 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 two mysteries on the surface? Why was she going there, and and is that related to why she's gone, and and is that related to the accident? So you know you have these two major mysteries and then there's so many sub mysteries underneath it and then you just you just start you just continue to learn new things about about the case and and you continue to think about it in a different way every every single time you approach it
1: and we've talked about this from our experience um with conspiracies it's really hard to keep a conspiracy or a plan between more than one person and the fact that we don't know if she had a plan with someone else means that there is either not someone else or i think someone's lying right um and and i say those are the two options as opposed to someone just doesn't know that this is relevant <laughs> because if you have a plan with someone she doesn't show up you're going to be like where where are you where is the rest of our plan which my my initial just as you know in my practice of law my initial gut feeling is there wasn't a plan with someone else because someone would have lied and holes would have been poked into their lie and we would have found out by now. But if you told nobody and you were traveling alone, then it makes sense that we don't know any more about it. I can be proven wrong about that, but that's where my mind goes first is maybe there wasn't another person.
3: And I'll take the other side of this. Uh, We can have a prosecutor fight. Uh (laughs) The weird thing about this case, this is one of our rules, conspiracies are rare because people can't keep secrets, and yet it seems like in this case people are really good at keeping secrets. I mean, how long did we wait to find out what the call between Moore and Kathleen was about, right? How many? How many—it took over a decade— us to learn that and probably never would have learned it if it wasn't for you guys and for the oxygen show and we just recently learned more information about that Saturday night and that dorm party that everybody's been asking about for forever and I still feel like there's a lot we don't know about that night so it certainly feels like to me that for whatever reason people There is, I mean, I hate to call it a conspiracy of silence because that's a little overwrought and dramatic, but it certainly seems like there are things other people know that we don't know. Um, And until we know those things, I think it's going to be hard to even answer some of these very basic questions. Yeah, you know, we should know by now, and I feel like we do, but you know, you mentioned it earlier, we should know by now if it was Mara who left Massachusetts in that car. You, know, you would think that would be a very simple thing for us to answer, but that's the crazy thing about this case, is with all the information out there, there's not one big mystery, like you said, there are two, and then there's all these little sub-mysteries underneath it, and I think that's why people are so obsessed with this case.
0: We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program.
2: On that, her going somewhere and meeting people and and what you said, Alice, like people would need to uh, cover this up. A conspiracy means that people are conspiring to cover things up and and to and to lie and direct narratives. But if she's going to meet somebody and she's a college kid going to meet somebody or meet a group of people and she doesn't show up, why why isn't that person saying, yeah, she was on her way to meet me like she's missing. She's missing. your information would be very helpful. I mean, so if she was meeting somebody or some buddies, all of them are in on us. Like, all of them are like, we can't say that Maura was coming to visit us. And I'm not saying that that didn't happen. I'm saying whatever would have made that happen, I can't even imagine how how detrimental that could be to these people if they were to admit that Maura Murray was heading to them so that they could hang out for a, a few days.
1: Just think about yourself what will make you lie to law enforcement or not reach out if someone you cared a lot about vanished, right? I I mean, probably because I'm a prosecutor, I can't imagine what type of secret I would need to keep in order to lie to law enforcement. Um, and I think part of the reason that we keep finding out information so many years after um, her disappearance is, I don't think one person, this is going to be controversial, I don't necessarily think one person holds the missing piece for her case. I think lots of people do, and they all fit together. And they, the individual person holding the information doesn't know how it fits together with someone else's. But this is kind of like a terrible game um, of risk, right? If someone doesn't come forward, we don't know how it fits together with this one, with this one. And there's probably someone who holds a big piece, but not the whole story. And I think that's why there are so many mysteries in this particular case. Friends at the dorm, if it was a dorm, mysteries. Someone on the road, mysteries. Someone she was maybe going to meet up with, mystery, right? They don't know how it fits together. And this is exactly why you're not supposed to keep information back from the law enforcement because you don't have the whole picture. Law enforcement is supposed to have the whole picture.
0: Right. I love uh, love you guys' point about uh, conspiracies uh, being difficult because they they're just harder to keep stories straight. The more people involved, the more the time goes by, things change. Um, It's you'd see inconsistencies. And I remember when we first met Art Roderick, he said that specifically basically to us um, in regards to law enforcement, saying that he used to do internal affair investigations. And he's like, this is really obvious when it when it happens. Um, He's like, it does happen. Not a lot. But when it happens, it's kind of obvious. He's like, there's nothing here to suggest that. Um, But my question is, uh, could a grand jury have been, or several grand juries even, have been what are are making certain people secretive or quiet? So, I mean,
3: look, I think we talked about this a little bit in one of our follow-ups and what grand juries do. And I think a lot of times people think about grand juries and they assume there's a criminal investigation, there's a suspect, there's about to be somebody who's... You know, indicted or whatnot. I think the grand juries in this case were probably for the purpose of issuing subpoenas and possibly having people come in and sort of tell their story. Um, There is grand jury secrecy. I don't think just because, I mean, look, you never know how, what the effect's going to be on somebody if they go into a grand jury. And I guess it's possible that, you know, the girls from the Saturday night party had to go talk to a grand jury and that's why they don't talk about what happened that night and it and from the family it seems like they don't even tell them what happened that night um i guess that's possible i still kind of th- i kind of feel like that's unlikely i don't think i just don't feel like this investigation would be far enough along that people feel like they have a you know a gag on them
0: just because they went in for a grand jury at some point okay so you're saying if that's the case then people can still talk they you know, if they had some piece that could help the public puzzle, potentially, that that is something they should do or could do. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into what people
3: could or should do. <laughs> right. Um, Sorry. You know, you have grand jury secrecy, and you're not supposed to talk about things that happen in the grand jury. That's, you know, absolutely true. But... I think for the most part, yeah, there wouldn't be anything. There would be nothing stopping someone, like, you know, just to pull a name out of the air, like Sarah Alfieri, right? There would be nothing to stop her from telling um, Mara's father everything she knows, right? That She could do that. Would you maybe get some advice from a lawyer who says, look, you really don't want to be any more involved in this than you already are, so just stay away from it, stay quiet. That's possible, of course
1: right and and just to clarify on the grand jury secrecy you can't say what happens in the grand jury doesn't mean you can't talk about your testimony which is what you actually saw happened right you can you can write a book on it if you want you just can't say i went into grand jury and said these words and this is what happened and this is what they asked me
3: yeah unless a judge you know puts a gag order on you or something uh, yeah you can you can talk about anything you want to
1: and i believe that gag order would be public or the fact that there is a it gag order it would be order. public
3: and it would probably be unconstitutional.
0: Right. It's unconstitutional.
1: <laughs> and it has to be public because you have to give the public or the other side the opportunity to challenge that gag order. So it wouldn't be under seal. It might not say who it's against, but it'll say gag order so that you can challenge yeah. it.
3: And that includes the press, right, because the press has an interest in reporting on this case. The the press has to be able to challenge that gag order. So to the extent there's this idea out there that there's this sort of secret cabal of police and the judicial system who are keeping these people from talking, I don't—well, that, that's not the case. Um, would Could the involvement of the police or being involved in the investigation have scared some people in the silence? Well, sure, but you have that in every case.
0: Yeah, and uh, well, one thing about this, uh, the grand jury thing, it's interesting that they could speak out um, and and say the same thing. I mean, and and theoretically, no one should be worried about perjuring themselves if they're telling the same story they told on the stand. I mean, I don't know if you're going for something specific (laughs) here, but
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'd even even wade in to this. But yeah, if you always tell the truth, you don't have to worry about perjury.
0: (laughs) Sorry, not, not every question is a setup. I know it feels like it. <laughs> it is.
1: But Brett does make a good point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, people have retained attorneys and their attorneys, as an attorney, I tell people never to talk, <laughs> um, it, have been advised not to speak because it's an ongoing investigation.
3: Right. I mean, attorneys are the most conservative people in the world, right? Whatever their political views, they're the most conservative people in the world, and their advice is always the same don't talk to the press, don't talk to anybody you know keep her profile as low as possible so even if you had nothing to do with it right so that certainly could have happened
2: i don't know it it just um makes me think about my my group of friends and if this happened to me and and i had nothing to do with it i had nothing to do with it and even if i was brought in front of a grand jury it's just a it's just a weird uh it's just uh, a weird vacuum of silence that that that's that goes on with this case that I think intrigues a lot of people as well. And it, it intrigues me because even if, like what we're saying, even if she was going to a party and, and something happened to her along the way, why not as a friend say she was coming to this party? Now you don't have to look into this anymore law enforcement. She was coming to this party. Oh, she lied about coming to this, you know, she lied to her professors about a death in the family. Well, she wanted to get out of school for a little bit. That has nothing to do with why she's missing. Can we try to find her that, you know, find why how she's missing? Well, you know, where is she? Who's responsible for this because she was just simply coming to an innocent party that was being hosted by some college um some some college classmates. And then, you know, if you're brought in front of a grand jury that you simply tell them this, like I'm trying to figure out where the where the drop off is and it, it can't be James Renner ruined it for everybody. It, it really can't be that I, I'm that's another thing that that has just like broken through in my brain recently I get it that he was he's very aggressive and he, he you know was shocked that someone would sl- slam the door in his face when he knocks on their door out of the blue like he he just didn't get it like you know I, I approached her and she she shut the door in my face she said how did you find me and shut the door in my face why would she do that well James because you just like ambushed her and she's you know it's not about the case it's about you ambushing her. Um, I get that. But it's still your friend who's missing. Like, it's still a missing person. And and one person like James Renner can't possibly be the reason why uh, people won't talk. It can't be. I, I can't accept that.
1: I mean, it could be that we're asking the wrong question. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, we already found out that maybe this party isn't a party. We actually see this very often in our witness interviews, um, we find out some some bombshell later on down the road, and we're like, we asked you this question. They're like, no, 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 you didn't ask me exactly that question. I answered your question. You didn't ask the other question, right? Maybe it's not a party. Maybe it's a fill-in-the-blank. Um, and so – I I'm I'm not playing devil's advocate necessarily, but we see this all the time. People say, You didn't ask the question. I wasn't trying to evade you. I answered the question you asked, and I didn't even think to ask the other question because I'm not the attorney.
2: That is a good point. Maybe we are not asking the right questions.
3: Yeah, and, and this this is why I have a hard time being too hard on the conspiracy folks in the community, just because maybe we do need to think about this case differently and you know sometimes it really does have the vibe of like I know what you did last summer part five or whatever where it just feels like there are people who know things and they're just not talking for whatever reason whether it's we're not asking the right questions or they have something to hide or they just don't care and I find that hard to believe I find it hard to believe that there weren't people in Mara's life at that time on that campus who cared about her and know more than they're saying it seems like the only person from UMass who talks is Erin the uh the the lady who was in the the nursing class with her who she returned the clothes to um I don't know why her other friends aren't more involved in this um even if just to clarify some of this stuff you know I know it's been a long time but it had to be a huge thing for them when one of their best friends disappeared into thin air and if you could answer a few questions and clarify some things and maybe move us a little bit closer to finding out what happened why wouldn't you do that
0: well you two have come in here and really done it and uh we need to uh we need to schedule a follow-up at some point because uh, as previously discussed i think um i think your your expertise is really a helpful addition to this community
2: I don't know why I'm so surprised that I learned so much during this interview. We literally have lawyers from Yale and Harvard on and I'm like, wow, I learned so much. I'm I'm surprised my like I really should be surprised that my head just like my cerebral cortex didn't pop or something.
0: Yeah, pl- please say you really went to those universities too. I, I can't take any more. Um. There
3: are some folks online who think that we're not that we're just making all this up. We're just someone really said, good said actors, that we disguised so. our
1: voices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, we disguised our voices. We're not really prosecutors.
1: <laughs> I was like, Brett really talks like that.
2: <laughs> they think it's actually Tim and I, and I'm doing. I'm I'm putting on an Alice accent.
3: <laughs> uh, well, you guys are too kind, but we will we will come on your podcast any day. <laughs>